On this episode of Tag Talks Business, I welcome Delcino Miles of the Miles Agency. Delcino, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you coming out. My uh, pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. Visiting the chamber offices. Yeah. And uh, and getting to, to see you in person. I always enjoy getting to catch up with you. Um, for those who don't know Delcino and, and the Miles Agency, do you mind giving everybody kind of a, a quick overview of your career professionally and, sure. and kind of what, what was the catalyst for, for the Miles Agency? Uh, absolutely. We're in our 31st year, believe it or not. Wow. Uh, so um, the Miles Agency is a uh, marketing PR. Community engagement is, is sort of our, our wheelhouse okay. where uh, firms will hire us to assist them with uh, uh, keeping the um, the public informed about what's going on, giving them an opportunity to weigh in on an issue, whether it's anything from sea level rise to light rail. Gotcha. So okay. most of our clients are A&E firms who will hire us for their communications um, as a sub-consultant gotcha. uh, when they're on these projects. Uh, so most of my projects are in the public sector. Yeah. So with cities, uh, VDOT, our biggest one right now is the HRBT expansion that's go going yeah. on with the, the two, the twin bridges are going to be put in, the uh, improvements there between uh, Settlers Landing in Hampton up to the 564 uh, interchange by the Naval Base. Yeah. So that's an exciting project right there. That's $3.8 billion. That's the, the largest in the history of v VDOT. Yeah, yeah, very lucky to have that finally happening yes so, yes exactly um, that's great so so how did that all come about 30 what 31 32 years ago that's right how, how did the miles agency uh, develop I actually started off as a political consultant and so I uh, got involved with, as with the as the press secretary uh, for a congressional candidate and uh, then I got into radio sales and I got a partner, uh, so we, we launched uh, the firm then, bought him out in 95, and okay. rebranded and renamed it the Miles Agency, and just uh, never looked back and kept, and kept it moving. So we're, gotcha. we're excited. So um, it's, it's a fun, it's not work for me. It's, this yeah. is fun, this is passion, uh, be because I get to uh, get a front row seat of what's going on in our community yeah. um, in terms of uh, major projects that impact quality of life. So yeah. hey, you know, I, I wake up every day ready to get going. Let's, <laughs> let's do it, I don't need coffee. <laughs> That's great. Natural caffeine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and and you, as you said, kind of we get we're lucky enough, you and I both, because of the positions we're in, to have some of these front row seats. But how did you develop that? I mean, the, you're connected with, quite honestly, the movers and the shakers from throughout the entire seven five seven. Um, but that that kind of relationship, those kind of relationships, really have to be built. So, how did you develop that, uh, especially when you got started? Um, pretty much, to be honest with you, just volunteering, oh, volunteering yeah. my services, just getting engaged in the community and uh, learning what's what's going on. Whether that's sitting on a board or volunteering at my church, I've always done that since I was a child. Yeah, uh, getting involved in some sort of community service. My mom, uh, sort of a. Uh, raised us that way where um, you got to give back to the community so yeah. it's it's part of my DNA yeah. uh, so to, to, so starting with learning about the community and and who uh, who the influencers are it started with volunteerism yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well and it and continues a lot of us in the community do know you probably as much for your volunteerism as, as for your actual quote-unquote career that's right so um, to your credit that's it's 
it's a very evident part of who you are as a, as a professional, and I know there are many of us throughout the community that are grateful for everything you do. Um, so you, you get your agency started. Um, were there any bumps in the roads? Were there any major challenges either getting started or, or after you got started that you kind of hit roadblocks and have had to work through? Uh, the biggest roadblock is just getting the name out there and, yeah. and demonstrating what I can do. Gotcha. Uh, so that's where the volunteerism sort of uh, intersects with the, with the consulting piece. Yeah. Uh, so if you're on, a, if I'm on a committee, I normally get tagged as the um, you know communications or marketing committee <laughs> person or whatever. Uh, uh, and so, but I treated that as a as a paying gig, quite yeah. frankly, because that's my way of showcasing what I can do. Yeah. And so, and um, that's the time you want people to talk about you. Exactly. Uh, and so that's when I started getting the referrals. And so doing the quality work, got to deliver on the goods, so yep. you can market all day. Long, but you got to deliver yeah. so and that's still part of my mantra but um, but so getting getting involved with the community and volunteering my services where people could uh, see what I can do as I started getting referrals and now today uh, it's all referral Wow it's all great. referral that's great well and that brings up a good point because I, I, I have joked with people over the years because of my experience coming from media marketing but also from the membership side and I'm sure you see this on the on your end. Um, you get into boards, and instinctively, the first thing people ask me to do is, "Okay, well, you're now the membership guy," and you're going, "Gosh, I do membership all day long." That's right. <laughs> so, how have you balanced that that aspect of giving of your professional career mm -hmm. and still? not giving too much on the volunteer side knowing that you still got to make a living at this. Right. Well, it's easy because I, I choose the things that I'm passionate about. Yeah. So whether that's the, the arts uh, or conservation, for instance, with the aquarium, serving on that board, I'm passionate about that yeah. uh, and what they do. So it's it's not a hard choice for me. Yeah. Um, so because work is work and so, and that tends to be uh, some project where we have a contract. The other stuff is quality of life, which yeah. makes the other stuff much easier. Yeah. Uh, and I don't have to sweat that. So I'm passionate about education, passionate about conservation and, and um, quality of life issues. And, and those tend to be the things I gravitate towards. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't have a problem volunteering for those kinds of things. And of course, the chamber being a, a leadership and business advocate, that's, that's easy. That's a yeah. no brainer to, to give of my time there. And plus the networking, let's, let's, you know, let's be frank. Yeah. The networking doesn't help. <laughs> it doesn't hurt. Yeah. Uh, where you, you cultivate those relationships. Like I love those interregional visits yeah. because that way you get to, to meet people that you may not um, uh, meet on a, on a regular basis. So yeah. you, you have those times, you have what, a good three or four days together uh, talking to regional leaders who have the same love and passion for, for Hampton Roads, who love calling this place home. Yeah. So those are the kinds of things that it's, it's no chore to volunteer and give of my time and talents uh, and treasure yeah. to those things that I'm passionate about that impact, at the end of the day, impact the quality of life for everybody. Yeah, yeah. and I get questions a lot from younger professionals who, um, and even some experienced professionals that, that, ha, that get asked because of the position they're in to do a lot of different volunteer work and, and the question of, of how to say no. And I think, I, I, to your point, if the passion's not there, there's your reason for no. That's right. And, and I think if you're honest with the people that are asking, then they will respect that. Because mm -hmm. the reality is if the passion's not there, I can sit on your board, I can sit on your committee, 
but but what I'm going to be able to provide to you is probably not at right. the level that you want me to. That's right. If my passion is not going to be strong enough to make that a, a key part of my effort over the next whatever it is, six months, 12 months, two years, whatever the commitment is. So that's, that's right. um, I think that's that plays such a huge role in making sure that that passion does exist. Um, so what do you what did you feel? You're going on what thirty plus years at this point. That's right. If and I maybe the I apologize if this is pinpointing it maybe too much, but what would you say have been some of your greatest successes or some of those things that just stand out in your mind as is your your happiest moments as as part of the agency? What continues to be my happiest moments uh, is my internship program. Because, yeah. because I'm, I'm able to mentor the next generation of, in this case, marketers and communication yeah. experts. So it's my way of, of cloning myself <laughs> <laughs> because I'm not going to put out just anything. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so I love partnering with, uh, again, goes back to my passion for education, going yeah. back to those students who, who uh, may be looking at marketing communications as a profession. And I've had probably, I, I haven't counted, but probably at least a, a hundred some students that I've wow. mentored over the years. Uh, from all the colleges throughout throughout Virginia and a couple in North Carolina, they wow. come in and they do real work. Uh, there's awesome. those coffee and copies. They yeah. act, I throw them in the deep end of the pool, and so <laughs> uh, and then that gives them a product that they can they can own and yeah. say that I did this. Uh, but at the same time, and I te also teach. Um, uh, graduate level public relations at Regent University and oh. so I have that same high standard for those students even yeah. though that's more limited exposure and especially with the online learning because yeah. I have students that are literally all over the world at one time one of my students oh, wow. was in Dubai so oh, wow. but just intersecting with with uh, those who have a passion for learning and are, are going to be entering this field. That, that's my greatest success is, is uh, the, to me, that's legacy building. Yeah. Uh, where I'm, I'm, I'm kind of using biblical terms, but I'm sowing into the next generation yeah. uh, to, to encourage them, to mentor them, and, and, and they can learn from my mistakes. And also, I can learn from them because, yeah. you know, we, we're talking about the, the next generation. They, they have, they're wired differently, and they, and they have certain <laughs> exactly. skills, skills that, that they can teach me. Yeah. Uh, and, so, and they're very creative, very bright, uh, and so we learn from each other. So yeah. that's, to me, the greatest success. The bumps in the road have been just the, start, the, the pains of starting a business. Yeah. When, um, and I didn't, you know, didn't, don't come from a family of wealth or anything like that. Um, and oh, I do have a lot of entrepreneurs in my family. Granted, they were juke joints, but hey, it's a business. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to edit that out. I, 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 I come from a long line of juke joint owners. Um, but, but, the, the, but I learned the, the discipline of running a business yeah. from a lot of those folks. Yeah. Um, and so, so the bumps in the road is uh, starting the business when you have limited or no you know, money to start that. Yep. So you, it's all sweat equity, networking, building, very labor intensive, but it pays great dividends in the long run. Yeah. So, yeah. so and I'm a living testament to that. So anybody out there, you don't think you have a lot of money, uh, keep, keep your day job, yep. uh, come up with your game plan, and really follow what you're passionate about. Yeah. So if you're not passionate about it, uh, it's it's you're wasting your time. Yeah, and definitely makes it easier to wake up in the morning. That's right. So, yep. That's right. Yep. Well, when you talk about um, setting, kind of sowing those seeds for that next generation, and really in doing so, you're also sowing the seeds for our community as well. Um, and and I believe you were chair of Hampton Roads uh, Workforce Council. Yes. Um, and so you've seen firsthand the effects of of the Workforce Council and the need for growing that talent in our community, but also retaining that talent. 
Can you talk a little bit about those efforts that you've had um, as a professional with how do we keep that talent here? I mean, now we, we, we grow them, we, we teach them, we, we mentor them. So how do we now keep them? Well, there's plenty of jobs right now. <clears throat> we know that. And so there's a dearth of uh, uh, depth on the, on the bench. We need to deepen that bench. Yeah. And we need to, I, I, I forgot what meeting I was in. I think it was one of our chamber meetings where a young person stood up and said, just ask us. Just ask. <laughs> Something as simple as asking. Like, we want you to be here. We, uh, and, and remember, whether you're a millennial or a baby boomer, we're not monolithic. Yeah. So we have to treat them that way. We have to understand what, what are they looking for in quality of life yeah. uh, in the jobs. Uh, they're not going to do probably nine to five. And plus yeah. now with the pandemic, I think it's just blown up every sort of oh, business yeah. model now that yeah. there ever has been in Harvard Business Review. <laughs> uh, so we have to be able to be nimble and flexible enough to change with the times and with the demands of this this next generation, this next workforce, I've learned that much. Uh, that you know, maybe they do want to work more from home. Maybe mm -hmm. this is just a perfect scenario. Granted, we don't want a pandemic, but I think the business model has changed. Yeah. Um, and so we have to let's ask them what is what will it take to keep you here? What yeah. sort of things? Whether that's entertainment options, uh, modes of transportation, um, affordable housing, are, are those things here? Do we have enough? of those things here to attract and retain them. We have to start asking them what they want versus assuming, because when we were younger, we no one asked us. Uh, so, we, so we sort of were like inherited stuff that we may or may not have uh, had, were, had a seat at the table. Yeah, that's a great point. And so I think we need to bring them at the table now, not yeah. after the fact, not yeah. when they be, start having their own kids grow up. Let's ask those young people now, what, is, what do we need to do to make this a place that you want to stay and, and call home? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a great point, and, and I agree with you. I think when I came up as a professional, there was almost this misconception, maybe, maybe it was, maybe it was the right conception, but the idea that it seems so ironic that the professionals who are making the decisions for the next generation were not only the generation above us, in many cases, they were two generations right. above us. So that's right. They were making decisions not only for me, they were making them for my parents. That's right. So, so the idea that, that two generations separated are making the decisions for what we as young professionals were hoping to do. Right. It, it just, and, and I agree with you, I think we're finally starting to realize that we have to have them as, as seats at the table Right. if, if we as a community are going to grow in the manner that we hope we're going to grow. That's and, right. And I do see that trend changing. So for some of those young professionals who are, who are looking to get into an environment like the Models Agency, um, how do you recommend they, they start that process? I mean, is there some additional experience you'd like to see them do before they jump into that? Or, or are there just some opportunities to, to be able to delve right in, right, right out of school? I'd suggest they do it before they graduate. Okay. Start cultivating those relationships. I know the chamber, you're a master of networking here. I'm talking yeah. to the king here. <laughs> <laughs> or count, king counts. Um, but um, I think they need to do it before they graduate. Start cultivating yeah. those relationships. I'm telling my nieces and nephews that now. Yeah. Um, th to s cultivate the relationships now. Don't wait till you graduate. That way yeah. you, you have something to literally walk into. Yeah. Uh, regardless of what the pandemic says, there's still, there's still a huge demand for certain skill sets. And all of it needs some sort of communication 
person somewhere in yeah. the vicinity, whether they're on staff or consultant or what have you. So there's always going to be a need for that. But I would suggest while you're in college, the same way, start volunteering on organizations that you're, you're passionate about, whether that's you know American Heart Association or whether that's the, the symphony or whether it's um, your, your, your college or other, other organizations. Start getting out there now, coming to chamber events, um, uh, volunteering, interning at organizations. Many chamber organizations have internship programs. I'm certainly nowhere close to being the only one out there that have, uh, whether that's internships, or apprenticeships, volunteer for that stuff, sign up for that stuff. And one thing that breaks my heart, uh, Tag, is this, is where there's scholarships, resources out there, and no one applies for them. Yeah. No one should have college debt. Literally yeah. billions of dollars go unrewarded each year because the students, and it's not, it's not from lack of trying. I serve on boards now. We, we have to almost like drag a man to just write an essay. Just write, a, just write an essay. Yes. And, to, and you know, there are thousands of dollars there. So, so, and start networking with those organizations as well, as well, because obviously they have a vested interest in investing in education. Yeah. And the next yeah. generation, whether you're a, a, a child of a, a, someone serving in the military, or you graduated from a certain high school, or you're going into a particular industry, there's money out there. So yeah. no one should be should have any kind of debt because there's tons of money out there for kids to vol to to apply for that goes unrewarded and I just that just breaks my heart. Yeah, exactly. And and I, somebody told me the other day that and I love the this phrase term was for the for the youth to be willing to be uncomfortable. Mm. Um, I had a conversation actually on a recent podcast when I was talking to a professional and about learning to network and and how uncomfortable that was mm -hmm. but the fact that once once that comfort level was developed that it's such a game changer as far as that person's career is concerned and the way in this particular case he went about doing it was starting on an individual networking basis right. and working to large groups knowing right. that it's always easier to do the one-on-ones than it is to walk into a room with 50 or 60 people right. and try to figure out okay how do I connect with all these people and, mm -hmm. and understanding you don't have to connect with all 50 or 60 of them connect with two of them if right. you have to but right. just go find somebody and then use that as your stepping stone um, but I, but I think you've, you've got to be willing to be uncomfortable. You, you have to. And if yeah. they're still in college, start with your professor. Your professor should know, should know some yeah. folks. Start with those um, student uh, chapters of professional organizations, in my case, PRSA, yeah. Public Relations Society of America, or if it's young engineers, whatever it is, join those kinds of things because they tend to be connected to the professional organization yeah. where those who are in the industry can mentor you. Yeah. So start with that. Start, you know, start, ask your dad, your mom. I mean, they... It, where they work, particularly if they're in the same field that you're interested in, whether yeah. it's a doctor, lawyer, or whatever. Gotcha. Well, and talking about trust, you, in, in your position, the companies that work with you have to have a lot of trust in you because in many cases, you are the voice of that, that company. Um, how, how have you kind of been able to work with businesses through the years to, to develop that trust and, and, and ensure that they, they know that when you put something out about their company that, that, it's, that it's respectful and that it's going to be received appropriately? How do you, how do you build that? Well, they, chances are they've already done their homework on me. Um, yeah. so, uh, so that's where the referrals come in. Gotcha. So, so I'm sort of uh, being 
uh, leveraged on behalf of existing clients. Yeah. Uh, so, and then, like I say, you have to deliver the quality quality work. Yeah. Uh, and so, thirty plus years of experience um, does help, and having satisfied clients does help. Yeah. Um, uh, but at the same time, I don't become complacent. And you know, the the enemy of greatness is mediocrity. I try yeah. not to be mediocre. Yeah. I try to think outside the box. Uh, sometimes I get rid of the box uh, <laughs> <laughs> and do something totally wild. Yeah. Um, but the, so that that trust comes from consistent delivery of quality service gotcha. um, and treating my clients uh, beyond beyond just being clients. They're friends. I remember birthdays. I remember anniversaries or whatever it is yeah. uh, or any special occasion in their lives. Um, and they do the same. Yeah. And so it's it's a mutual respect for one another. Yeah. Um, but the, but the, the priority is making sure that I deliver what I promise or beyond that uh, for the client. And that's where the trust is, to be consistent in quality and delivery of the, of the service that, uh, that I've contracted to do. Gotcha. Now, do you stay within certain kind of industry sectors or groups? Because it seems from the outside looking in, I mean, I'm lucky enough to deal with multiple people, multiple organizations in any given day or week, um, but there's no way I could, I could come across as a quote-unquote specialist or, or, or expert on some of those industries. So mm -hmm. knowing that and knowing that you are the voice for these different uh, companies, how have you been able to adapt to, to being able to go from one industry, one hour, and you're working with that to maybe a company that's in a completely different industry, but, mm -hmm. but you're still speaking on behalf of them. Well, actually, my, my task is bringing in the community, the gotcha. community engagement piece. Okay. So uh, they will hire me to make sure on a particular project, well, HRBT uh, yeah. is a perfect example, uh, to make sure that the public has every opportunity to, to uh, learn about the project, engage where necessary, whether that is uh, scheduling meetings where we can go do presentations and briefings, gotcha. or uh, they can have access through email or other social media platforms. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so the industry, for me, has been primarily in the public sector, whether that's public works, uh, utilities, transportation, that sort of thing. HRT is a great client, yeah. uh, and so working with them, uh, particularly now they're trying to transform the way they deliver their service. Yeah. So all of the, all fun stuff. Yeah. And so I'm there to work, work work alongside them to develop a communications plan that will resonate with target audiences, gotcha. whether that's people who use transit now or those young people who may want to be considering uh, becoming transit users, particularly okay. when they transform the way they deliver uh, the service now. Gotcha. So you're you're the connector. Yes. You're connecting everybody. That, yeah. That, that's what I've been called, the connector. The connector. I like it. That, that, that is the name that from now That sounds like a on. line from the Godfather. I'm the connector. <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. Well, as the connector, so you and I get together in five more years, ten more years. What are you going to be doing? What's the model agency going to be doing? Uh, we'll be doing uh, pretty much what we do now, probably using different means of communicating because yeah. I'm sure that'll change. Yeah. Um, does anybody even have a fax machine anymore? <laughs> you know, so so uh, we'll, we'll certainly be following where the technology takes us yeah. in terms of how it transforms our industry. Yeah. Um, there's always still going to be a need for those uh, major projects like um, public works, transportation, all those things. That's not going to change five to ten years. What that looks like could change, yeah. um, but uh, communication pretty much stays the same in terms of 
developing the right messages. How do you develop those messages using research? Because we, we try to use research to make sure that we're not off the mark, yeah. but depending on the particular audience. And Generation Z will be driving by then, so we may be having to come up with messages <laughs> for Generation Z and whoever comes after them. Well, yeah. I guess we can start over and go Generation A. Uh, so <laughs> we have to make sure that we keep our fingers on the pulse of the community and what the priorities for other com from the community will be, whether gotcha. it's uh, sea level rise or whether it's affordable housing, whatever it may be for our region. So gotcha. we're certainly going to keep our hands on the pulse there five, ten, ten years from now, and I certainly want to expand um, where we do it. So I want to yeah. go beyond Hampton Roads and Richmond, where we primarily work now. Really, really like to cover the Commonwealth and uh, the Mid-Atlantic region. Gotcha. Okay. Well, and along that communication line, and we talked about a little bit of it, about bringing in that young talent to be able to really learn from them as well as them learn from you. Mm -hmm. um, so in addition to that, how have you tried to stay ahead of the curve as far as how those communication channels have changed over the last 30 years? Because that, that transition in 30 years has been insanely fast, yeah. especially in the last probably 15 to 20 years Absolutely. has been incredibly fast. So how have you been able to stay, if not ahead of the curve, at least with that curve as things have changed so quickly? Much like probably you, you do as well, Tag, is, is uh, staying up on what's going on in my industry. Yeah. So that means um, webinars, conferences, and those kinds of things gotcha. uh, in, in my profession. Yeah. Um, and then networking with younger people, because they're going to probably be a little bit of, they're going they're the early adopters. <laughs> so I kind of hang with the early adopters <laughs> and see what, I'm not going to be out there five in the morning in front of, you know, Best Buy <laughs> to get the latest iPhone. Yeah. I'm not doing that. But at the same time, I stay up on uh, just just following what's going on in the news, you know, read, you know, I'm sure you do, because I follow you on, on LinkedIn, yeah. those kinds of things. Uh, just making sure that uh, I'm following the right folks and the right information and staying up on that, whether that's through magazines, whether it's electronic or now or paper or what have you, and just uh, reading, continue yeah. to read. So yeah. uh, one of my pastor says one thing, leaders are readers. So you have to, you have to stay up on not only your own industry, but what's going on that impacts that industry. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the things that I think, like I'm not a huge reader from the standpoint of reading a lot of content mm -hmm. all at one time. Right. Have never been that way. But one of the things I remind, especially young professionals, is it, it you don't ha it doesn't have to be an hour's worth of continuous reading. No. You could do it in snippets, do it in, in different free time, but you're absolutely right in that the only way you're going to stay on top of that and the only way you're going to stay ahead of that curve or even with that curve mm -hmm. is you've got to know what everyone else is doing and, and those that are on the cutting edge of doing that. That's and, right. And even the, the, the podcast was something that, that for somebody in my position, 50-year-old, I mean, I, I'm happy if I can function with my iPhone <laughs> correctly. But you've got to be willing sometimes to get back to that that uncomfortable level. That's right. And, and say, you know what, I may not be comfortable with this. It, it, I, I may even be a little bit scared to do it. But I got to be willing to get in and give it a try. If it's a flop, it's a flop, and we move on. But if it if it works, it's it's one more communication tool that That's I've right. got in my my tool belt. That's so, right. Um, well, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to well, us. This is and, great. And I love Give this. us your insight. I, I love spending time with you. I always have. Um, so for those who would like to work with you and, and have heard the podcast, maybe haven't had a chance to partner up, 
how do they reach you? How do they, they connect with you? They can certainly go to my website, which is um, uh, the Miles Agency, T H E M I L E S Agency.com. Okay. Um, uh, they can feel free to email me. That they can connect through the website that way. Okay. Uh, all the broke folks, call Tag. Oh, if, you got, <laughs> if you got a budget, call me. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's perfect. I like it. I like it. Set priorities up front. That's right. So Let's yeah. <laughs> Very good. Well, thank you so much thank for you. joining me. I really do appreciate it, and uh, I'm sure I'll connect with you again at, at upcoming events. And thank you for your leadership. I, mean, I genuinely, um, I, I've always been appreciative of what you've done as a volunteer throughout the community and as a professional. So thank you. Thank you for all you do. Thank you for joining me on on Take Talks and and reaching out to our listenership. I appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. Take care. All right.